Welcome to the Deep Waters Podcast. We pray that Christ is at the beginning and end of all we do. May openness and peace mark our discussions. As we engage in conversations about the fresh move of God, may our hearts be drawn to unity. And in all things, may this shape us to look more like you, Jesus. Amen. Now you can grab your mug of peppermint tea and enjoy the Deep Waters Podcast. Benjamin. Hi, Jace. <laughs> Welcome to the Deep Waters Podcast. We're here again. Doing it. Yeah, just praising the Lord. You know, some people come up to me lately and told me, I like your podcast. And I think, oh, wow, people are listening. Yeah, that is wild. Isn't that fun? I mean, thank you for listening, guys. We're not doing this for, for views. Yeah. We're, we do this because I feel like the Lord put it on our heart that it might be helpful yes. to give voice to questions that we all have sometimes mm-hmm. as we are all navigating apprenticeship to Jesus. That's a good way to say that. I love it. <laughs> a really fun thing happened to me this past week. Someone came up to me and I won't say who, you know who you are. Someone came up to me and said, Oh, I've been listening to your podcast and I really, really like it. I've just disagreed with one thing so far. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. And the person looked at me and then said, can I tell you what it is? And I was like, oh, please. Of course. yeah. <laughs> and so that's an encouragement to anyone listening. If we say something that you happen to disagree with, mm-hmm. no problem. You're welcome to disagree with us. We pray that you would receive these words with your own discernment, taking yeah. them to the Lord and the people in your direct community to discern um, whether these words are truth worth. Tr- trustworthy and <laughs> truthful and honorable and truthworthy, truthworthy, <laughs> worthy <laughs> of truth. But uh, yeah, that's, uh, I mean, our heart's desire is to speak truth, but we're imperfect humans and we won't do everything perfectly. And Yeah. And the goal of this podcast yeah. is not for us to all agree. No. I mean, we mentioned it early on, like the things that we believe we must agree on, Uh-huh. but yeah. It's okay to disagree. I think that's a fun thing. Even in our opening prayer, we pray for unity. And that's something that we can seek and exist in while still disagreeing. We don't have to be unified in thought. Mm -hmm. But if we're unified in spirit, if we're still together in community, we can agree to disagree about various things. And that's part of what makes community beautiful. Our difference brings tension and uh, and that's actually part of the heart of the Deep Waters podcast. So mm-hmm. anyway, if if you're listening to this and um, that encourages you, then yay. <laughs> yeah. And the reason like we come together because we agree on things. That's true. Like I don't want like I I imagine going to like a church that like probably has different theology than I do. And I would just hate for them to like lead with like, oh, we disagree on this and this and this. But I'm like, what? We dis- we agree on so much more, you know? Amen. And I think that's just an important thing to remember. That's so good. We we love Jesus. We love Jesus. That's the bottom line. <laughs> we just so want to look more like him in everything we do. Yes. So today, yeah, we're talking about well, really just a, a variety of things that yeah. have been discussed in sermons over the past few weeks. 
Some things we'll talk about today are inspired by Ruth Ward Heflin, who wrote a book called Glory that we're currently reading. Haven't finished it yet. Mm-hmm. Still but, working on it. Um, reading it, she's an incredible minister unto the Lord um, who has a lot of wisdom and experience in praise and worship and prayer and evangelistic ministry. And Jordan Verner recently quoted her in a sermon while talking about a few things that we're going to address today. Like, what does it mean to sow heavenward so mm-hmm. that the earth can um, receive the kingdom of God? Yeah, receive the kingdom from heaven. Yeah, yeah. And what does it look like to praise God? And do we sometimes exist within comfort zones and boundaries where our praise is limited in ways that it doesn't have to be? So mm-hmm. anyway, we want to flush out some of these conversations a little bit today and there will be a little bit less structure to this conversation than past ones but i think that that will provide good space for the holy spirit to flow yeah yeah so this is welcome to the deep waters podcast book club <laughs> amen <laughs> if in a book club you read 15 pages and then talk about it <laughs> <laughs> which i think you do right yeah don't worry benji has read more i've read 55 pages okay we're in we're getting into it yeah yeah it's good if you haven't picked it up yet it is really good i'm really enjoying it yes it's just absolutely. time has been my constraint yeah and that's fair um one the big um this book is based on the premise of this phrase mm-hmm. that jordan has mentioned um in his sermons and we'll start with there and see where it goes, you know, but, um, Ruth Ward Heflin, I guess came up with this. I don't know what it, what do you call it? A thought, a way of thinking about praise, a haiku. I don't know what it (laughs) is. It feels like a proverb, proverb. not a, uh, not a proverb, but it feels like a, um, yeah, I think a proverb is what okay. I meant. I mean, it's really good. I, I just kind of got lost on that train of thought there. Yeah. <laughs> Anywho, she says, uh, praise until the spirit of worship comes, worship until the glory comes, then stand in the glory. Hmm. Mm. Which, if you're me, which I am me, then there's a handful <laughs> of <laughs> questions that originally, that will, that will immediately pop up. Mm-hmm. Praise. Until the spirit of worship comes, I think, okay, what does praise look like? Mm-hmm. What is praise? And how is that different from worship? And what is the spirit of worship? Is that something that comes up from within me or from outside yeah. of me? I just I just had that realization too. I'm like, oh, spirit of worship. That stood out, stood out to me too. Even those words, the spirit of worship. And then worship until the glory comes. There's questions around that. Like, well, what is what does it look like when I worship? How is that different than when I praise? Mm-hmm. And then what is the glory? Yeah. There are a lot of questions there. And just so you know, we do not have all of the answers. True. Can um, I share what I think my understanding is thus far? Will you please? I'm getting this idea that praise, in the way she describes it, is like thanksgiving and adoration to god Hmm. beautiful and that gets you in this like frame set of like then worshiping god is is pray is gosh it's you use all these words interchangeably worshiping god is like worship or the spirit of worship is like to identify who god is huh 
Sure. Maybe. And then we like acknowledge who God is to us, who he is until we get it. Wow. And when we get it, that's the glory. I don't know if that's true, (laughs) but that's like how I've so far understood this. And maybe in this conversation where I'm starting from, I might end up somewhere different. And we were talking about different ways to pray Mm -hmm. that prayer isn't only intercession. And I talked about Thanksgiving, praise, worship. And I got this question, what's the difference between praise and worship, Benji? And, you know, my first response, um, as is kind of common anymore these days with my nerdy brain is to come with some Hebrew, Mm -hmm. um, and say, well, one of the words for worship Shakha means to worship, but it specifically can mean to bow down or to lay down prostrate on your face before the Lord. Yeah. Um, so there's, uh, it's funny in describing it to my students yesterday, I said, this is worship. And then I knelt down and I put my hands, both both my arms up into the air with my hands out. And then I bowed down with my hands and face to the floor. And somehow that physical act communicated exactly what I wanted to communicate when I didn't have the words to do it. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And in this podcast, I don't have the ability to do that same thing for all you listeners right now. But hopefully you're, you're, you know what I mean because... Even that body posture is something that we've seen in cultures across human history. Yeah, totally. I just had this this thing just came to mind where I've heard when you are like are writing a musical, some like one of the basic rules is that like um you like talk until what you are saying cannot be expressed like it's like so enthusiastic that you have to start to sing. And then it goes so far, like you have to like, when that is not enough, then you like start to dance in a musical, which I'm like, that's actually very like applicable to this. Wow. Where it's like, yes. we have like the, I can pray to God and have these discussions, but it doesn't lead to this place of like, um, surrendered adoration to God without some maybe physical change in my move like my body you know and so maybe that's like the going to the singing on my knees with my hands up but then there's something that's even deeper inside of us that wants to call out to god that maybe can't be expressed outside of like actual like this release of movement or dance wow that's fun and it's like it's interesting how like where i'm skipping a little bit ahead just to this dance idea but like throughout like all humans besides like white Americans dance like a lot, you know, like in, I've seen this like in so many cultures that's like when you are celebrating, you're going to jump up and down and dance and like, you know, wow. Start to just like go off like in any Mm -hmm. big celebration, like culturally throughout the world. And I think there's something Mm -hmm. to that. Like there's like, we are wired as human beings that like if, we we can only get so far with word and like 
maybe even song that it has to progress to something further. Wow. That's really good. I I, I mean, as someone who loves listening to music, I can say that music does something to me. Um, Whether it's worship music or not, it does something to my experience of a given moment that is a dimension beyond what I have access to without music. Interesting. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I totally get that. It's almost like there's a different sense within my spirit that is awakened when really good music comes on. And all of a sudden it's like my heart feels colors and (laughs) I, I, that's I'm so good. I'm kind of at a loss for words for yeah. how to describe what I mean, but um but I agree with you. There's something about movement and song and creativity and that that opens up different realms of human experience. And if then we can praise and worship God within those different realms, then I guess it follows that the breadth which with which we're praising is more wide and more vast when we are in the spaces of physical movement and musical wow. expression. That's so, that's so good. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm now thinking about, we've done a podcast on what is worship, right? Mm-hmm. And we kind of got to, it is surrender. Is that kind of what we said? I think surrender's a, a heartbeat part of it. Yeah. And submission, submission. Yeah, yeah. Those kinds of like, like a recognition of a humility, mm-hmm, authority beyond yours is exalted. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, no, no, that's, that's so good. And so I'm just like, I also want to pull on what we've also said to see if we still agree with it too. That's and I good. think in this, it, it completely holds true. Yes. Um, yeah. So wow. I could worship, um, not even just with music. I could worship in the way that I spend my money. Mm-hmm. And the way that I give my money and that has nothing to do with music and dance, but I could maybe be worshipful in my act mm-hmm. similar to how Mary was worshipful in her act of breaking the alabaster jar and pouring that ointment all over Jesus's feet. That had nothing to do with dance or music, but it had everything to do with sacrifice and, um, I don't like adorning someone in a costly substance. Um, Yeah. Yeah. In order to demonstrate honor and submission to that person. Totally. I don't know. No, that's so good. We're getting too ethereal. Yeah. There's like this humility and authenticity of heart that is so crucial to what I believe Ruth Ward Heflin's talking about. Yeah. And even a couple weeks ago, while uh, Jordan Werner was processing this or like breaking this down for all of us, he did mention at one point that worshiping with your arms crossed is not biblical, which is like, I feel like such a great statement to like ruffle feathers and I'm all for that kind of thing. (laughs) But even just talking about this, like something costly, like in our culture, that is not a costly action. Right. to stand with our arms crossed. Like we do that at the bank wow. when we're not worshiping. We do that <laughs> like at our desks when we're distracted. Mm-hmm. We do that, like, it's like there's not something changed in our physicality that is showing maybe the same heart posture that we might have. So it's like, again, it's like not like this have to thing out of like this um, input output equation type of, 
thing, but it's accessing a greater amount of surrender hmm. in worship. That, that That's why we are like moving towards this, like something has to physically change in our in our worship stance. Yes. Like it's, it's physically surrendered on our knees. Yeah. In, at least with that word. Shaka. Shaka. You um, have to clear your throat. Yeah. I, I totally agree with all that you say. And I recognize that one thing that could be heard from that is, well, I don't have rhythm in my body and I don't dance and I'm not even a very musical person. Does that mean that I don't worship God? Mm-hmm. Like, have I never been worshiping God all of this time? What if I'm like a middle-aged Christian who's been serving the Lord my whole life, but I've been going to a church that just sits and kneels and stands in the pews and nobody's moving or dancing? Like, is my worship inadequate or like not pleasing enough to God? And I... I just want to say if there's anyone who has experienced some version of that thought, you're not alone. Yeah. I have had the same thought and in some ways continue to wrestle with that thought, but we don't want to cast any shame or comparison or manipulation in this. I think what we're hoping to do is encourage people to push beyond their comfort zones, but I don't want to say that one expression of worship is necessarily better than another while it might go, it it might be more expressive and help your heart connect with the spirit of God more freely. Um, That doesn't necessarily mean that people who aren't doing that aren't also connecting with God. Mm -hmm. You hear what I'm saying? Yeah. And I come back with this question of like, is there a deeper place you could go if we look in scripture at like what worship looked like for the people of the Bible, Hmm. like are we missing something with our cultural and historical context as American Christians that Jordan Verner was trying to portray when he was talking about all these different words that mean worship, but they all kind of have a, a hands raised, a kneeling, a bow down, a foolish praise, those kinds of things. Right. Um, examples that he gave. And so I'm like, I'm like, I completely agree with you that like, I don't, we're not trying to cause shame, but like, have we missed it as the American church mm-hmm. and moved away from what was always tied to physicality? Wow. Because it does something like just as human beings in the physical, it does something to our bodies and our minds to break off judgment and shame and like like you have to push through something and there's a sacrifice there and so it's like almost without having something to pour on the feet of jesus we have this sacrifice that we can bring to him like without like it's a it's a sacrifice that we have within ourselves wow that's stunning i don't know in our own (laughs) context yeah i think that that is a sacrifice that we have access to, like you said, the other cultures don't because other cultures are just naturally dancers. Mm -hmm. Hmm. And that's, that's really broad strokes. I would like to say, I don't don't want to pigeonhole so much generalization. I'm like every other continent dances. Yeah. (laughs) 
besides us. Yeah, I don't the, know. The penguins in Antarctica. Go to Switzerland and maybe, I don't, I don't know. I've never been to Switzerland. Uh, they've got those like big horns and lederhosen. And yeah. Again, that was probably pretty stereotypical from Ricola commercials that I've seen. <laughs> so like that's like, that's all I really know. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Uh, I'm, we got off track there. The, but like, this is, I think it's healthy because what's happening is even I right now am feeling myself being pushed out of my comfort zone a little bit. Like, maybe there are realms of praise unto God that I haven't even accessed Mm -hmm. or have only begun to access because I don't push myself out of my comfort zone into the place where I'm willing to um, stand or put my arms in the air or even jump or twirl around Um, regardless of whether I have rhythm. Like the excellence of my body's movement doesn't matter to the Lord. Mm What matters to the Lord would be the sincerity of heart. Absolutely. Don't you think? With which the body is moving. Yeah, and I, yeah, completely. Uh, I also, I say I also think a lot in this podcast. <laughs> um, I'd say a lot of things I wish I didn't say in this podcast. <laughs> which is, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> um, I had this thought, too, of we're not calling everyone to push themselves to, like, dance like extravagantly on a Sunday service. Sure. Like, I don't think that's the call either. Like that's not in scripture that like you must dance like a mad person in front of others. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, we're told of like the example of like David dancing before the ark and like there are people there, but it doesn't say go and do likewise. Sure. You know, there's not that same call, Yeah. but I think even like, what if you brought this into your quiet place your secret place and like i like that's the only time i've like danced before the lord is not like in front of people and it's foolish it feels crazy still it still feels like a sacrifice because i'm like are my blinds closed i don't know like i'm like (laughs) i'm nervous that like no one comes by this window but what if they do like it's like that fear of man still tries to take a stand from like what i'm trying to do so I feel still like that's like, that's still a sacrifice, wow, you know, that's beautiful. And outside of even the, uh, sacrificial embarrassment of it that I'm kind of describing, I think part of it is, is this like, you're, you're moving, it's bringing freedom. It's raising your heart rate. Like even like outside of the physical, I think when those two things meet, there's just this like deeper mm-hmm. something like, I don't like I don't know. I need to have a science to scientist here to back me up on this, but there's like, <laughs> surely that's like good for your brain. Yeah. Like and there must like, be chemicals flowing that don't otherwise flow. If you're yeah. just sitting there with your arms. And folded. not to say that we're trying to get like a dopamine high on Christ. Like that's right. like, <laughs> we all know there's no high, like the most high. So like, <laughs> that's not my term, but like, <laughs> um, Wow. Um, but like, I, I also like, I'm that's, we're not saying you have to do this at church. Right. That's it, good. Are you taking a huge stand against the fear of man? If you start to raise your hands, get on your knees, mm-hmm. become like, do this in a public space. Yes. And maybe is that part of it? Sure. But that's mm-hmm. not, that's I don't good. know. Like I want to, I probably need to repeat after every sentence. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Again, these are thought experiments, but I, I feel really good about where we're going with this. Another thing that I think you've implied 
but maybe haven't said directly yet is that while worshiping through dance is something that is could be a really holy experience, just like David danced before the ark, um, that's not necessarily something that you ought to be doing every single time you want to commune with God. Like, oh, I can't commune with God unless I'm dancing, mm-hmm. you know, like David definitely interacts with the Lord in a lot of different ways. And we're only told about him foolishly dancing in front of the ark that one time. Um, but he also was an instrumentalist and performed just harp music. And that was unto God. Um, so if it looks like dance this upcoming Sunday, maybe it doesn't look like dance again the next Sunday. Mm-hmm. And I, I hope what our hearts are willing to do is just express ourselves to the Lord um, with no in- inhibitions. Yeah. And to be comfortable flowing, whether it's into physical movement or into kneeling or into laying down prostrate, like that Hebrew word shakha, like that doesn't look like dance. If you're laying down face down, you'd think someone's knocked out. much of us following Christ is to reorder our disordered desires and become more sanctified. And I think just as if you're praying and you get distracted and your brain starts to wander, like that's, that's, it takes practice to focus, to sit in that silence and solitude, to be able to, 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 um, imagine the throne room and God, like that all takes practice. And our flesh gets in the way of that. Like our mind wanders, our um, legs get tired, our, you know, whatever. But whatever we can do to um, clear up the pathway between our spirit and God and like the Holy Spirit and like make those two entities as close and near to each other as possible, that's what we got to do. So that's, I think that's what even why we are kind of talking about this is like, that's the goal. That's like the end goal. Mm -hmm. And so if it takes dance for you to get there, it takes dance for you to get there. If it takes dance for you to get over the fear of man, like that unbreaking, the breaking of breaking off of the fear of man is going to be so much more impactful throughout your week. Even Mm -hmm. when, when you feel the Holy Spirit's prompting to go and evangelize or when you're back at church, just to like, just like you said, um, what'd you say? Uh, something about like un, un, inhib, un without inhibition, yes. praise the Lord. Yeah. I think there are often times where I even alone, we're like, what would a good Christian do? Or like, what would like, I wonder what Benjamin's doing right now. Like when he <laughs> reads the Bible, like I get into this thought process of comparison sure. or like just, it's like when I'm in the Bible, what comes to mind? Like, huh. is there a prayer that just wants to burst out about burst out of you? I'm ranting right now. That's great. So reel me in. But, um, <laughs> but I think, I think that's, that's what I wanted to touch on mm-hmm. and to be in in uninhibited. Yes. With your praise and like, let it just free, free flow there. You had some words there that was like minimize any obstacles 
that lay in between you and the Lord in your connection. And if something's standing in the way, figure out how to bust through it. And sometimes maybe dance is how you bust through that obstacle. Totally. Maybe all you do is dance. And what you need to do this week is to sit down and read the scriptures or kneel. Mm -hmm. Um, There was a kind of famous Ted talk a while back called power poses. Have you ever seen that? No. Oh really? No. Okay. Well it has nothing to do with Christianity. Um, except for the fact that everything is spiritual, but (laughs) praise God. That's what it it kind of feels like this, you know, Uh like this conversation feels like we can do all these things. And there's like, there is a spiritual aspect to singing and music, even if it's not like declaring a, a Psalm, like there's something to that in our, in our nature, like our deep down written at the beginning of time nature. I think that is, when we like feed it the un, we feed it the good stuff. It like comes out in a really beautiful, worshipful way. Amen. If we feed it in the bad stuff, it just looks like Nicki Minaj. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Okay, but power moves. Oh yes, everything spiritual. Poses. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Thank you. So there's a TED talk. If you listener want to check it out, look it up. Bottom line, it's a presentation skills TED talk that talks about how, oh, are you nervous before you have to present something to somebody? Well, how about you just notice what your body is doing? Usually if you're nervous, you might be shy about the people that you're about to encounter and shyness will affect your physical body. Um, your, Your shoulders are likely to slump forward. You might cross your arms over your chest like you're minimizing your body or you're crossing your legs maybe like you're making yourself small. And the woman, I, I don't remember the person's name, but she suggests, what if you open your shoulders and even spread your legs like you're about to, you know, go into a basketball game or something. You're at a, a kind of like the superhero pose. Like a I think su- I've heard this kind of thing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm not a psychologist, but if you deliver a speech, five minute speech, but beforehand you sit with your shoulders slumped and your arms crossed deliver that speech. Then the next day, deliver the same speech, but stand for a few minutes like a super person (laughs) with your fists on your hips Mm -hmm. and with your legs spread apart, shoulder, and you know, you have your chin held high. Just doing that with your body will encourage your, your motivation, your spirit, and you'll be more prepared to present and it will come across more courageous uh, there's anyway, wow, that's it's so been cool. too long since I've seen this, but bottom line, there is psychology to the body's effect on the way we think and the way we behave and feel that there's just totally interwoven. We are holistic beings. And so that has to fit into the way we worship and praise. That's so cool. Like, I love that we're holistic beings. Isn't that beautiful? That, like, I feel like that just points to God. So in this, such a powerful way. Yeah. I don't think frogs are having the same conversation. <laughs> right. I know for like, I mean, no, I know that for a fact, but like, <laughs> it's like, wow, we like the way we stand affects our like mental space yes. our like our mental space affects the way we stand. And like, it's like, huh. and like if we sing it, like, you know, hits another part of our soul mm. in a different way than dancing does, than riding a bike does, than sitting on the couch does. 
Like that's just cool. Isn't that amazing? That's amazing. I like I've read some tips. If you find yourself anxious, just press your shoulders back and try and open up your chest and do a few deep breaths. That will actually affect your body's sense of anxiety in any moment. Or if you're sad, fake smile. And your body doesn't know the difference between a real smile and a fake smile. And it will start to release happy chemicals in your brain. And you'll feel better. That's wild. That's wild, isn't it? Yeah, totally. So anyway, again, I'm not an expert in this stuff. But um, I think it's fun because we don't want the concept of motion and worship and dance to at all sound legalistic, forced on anyone. Like you have to do something because it's a formula to make God happy. That's not what we're saying. What we're saying is God actually wove certain things into the fiber fiber of our being that help us unlock the fullness of our expression of praise and worship to him and we want to explore all of that because God is worth exploring all of that. Wow. So good. And Ruth Ward Heflin, if you haven't started the book, she is on a journey of discovering this. And she describes herself as someone who hated to dance because she was so nervous. I think fear of man. Um, but it's fun. Not too far into the book, she starts to describe herself as dancing in prayer sets and then imagining herself dancing in different places that she's interceding for. So instead of praying for the nation of England, she'll picture the map of England in her head and then dance around the outline of England. (laughs) And her dance is a way that she intercedes for the whole country. Wow. Isn't that fascinating? There's a joy to that too. Hmm. Like that's like, that's like, I mean, even if you thought of like, I don't know, a hard situation that you're interceding for. It's like to see like dance, not like, like a goofy, like Carlton dance, but like, just like <laughs> this, like, you know, whatever dance that looks like, I guess it could look like that, but yeah. it just brings this like life and levity to something that could be really hard, you know? Wow. And, and also, I also think someone was talking this week that I was wow, talking to, that was a great sentence. <laughs> um, there was someone I was talking to this week that said they're a bad dancer and I would say, like, hmm. by, like, standards of, like, Bruno Mars, <laughs> rhythmically, I am not on that level of dance. <laughs> totally. But I'm like, dance is movement to music. Mm. I'm like, pretty much. I don't, yeah. that might be the Webster's definition, but I'm like, I don't think you could dance mm. poorly. Wow. I really don't. Like, I don't think That's there's a freeing. wrong, there's, like, it's actually a very free concept because, I mean, I think you could ask me, like, their dance is so creative. There's, like a million like actual categories and genres of dance whether it's like ballet or ballroom or hip hop, all these things. Yeah. But like dance, like you will go into modern dance. It's anything like, like, like <laughs> it's like, it's flop on the floor kind of dancing. Yeah. And I'm like, that's probably what I look most like when I dance. <laughs> and so, so you're like, a modern dancer. I guess I'm a modern dancer. Wow. I didn't know that. I'm going to add that to my LinkedIn. Um, <laughs> I'll endorse it. <laughs> uh, but I just want to say that I feel like there's an expectation that you have to look like a Hannah on stage, an mm-hmm. Esther, a mm-hmm. Lydia. Is that her? Uh, Livia. Livia. It's like Olivia without the O. Oh, that's cool. Um, these are some people that we've seen dance recently mm-hmm. at Riverhouse, and it is beautiful. Yeah. It's poetic and all connected, and it's wonderful. And mm-hmm. there's no expectation that it has to look like that. No, and it's beautiful that theirs does, and. N- 
if all yours looks like is jumping up and down like you're in the center of a mosh pit, but mm-hmm. it's unto the Lord, then wonderful. Oh, yeah. Like, I, that's great. I've had the f- opportunity to be in worship services in Africa, and their dance is just pretty much jumping up and down. And I would like, it's like, <laughs> that's all they're really doing. Um, but I would say they're all dancing. Like, that's yeah. like, and it's incredible. And there's just, there's an energy there. There's a um, freedom there. Um, there, just a funny little story. There's a, a pastor in Kenya who like everyone, like I'm jumping up and down and we're all like just getting exhausted and sweaty. We're in a small little church and it's like, it's intense. And I'm like, how do you not like get tired? And then he shows me that his feet aren't leaving the ground that he's just <laughs> like kind of bouncing up and down, but it looks like jumping. <laughs> And uh, I'll be honest, wow. I've taken that with me. Like it's That's like it good. saved my legs on a few, uh, you know, jumping <laughs> times in my life where I'm just like, <laughs> we were doing like dancing as a, as a staff today during our worship time. And I just kind of hopped up and down. I don't think anyone was the wiser. <laughs> I didn't notice. I was so focused on how exhausted I was from actually leaving the ground. So top tip, <laughs> deep water's top tip number two. Wow. You're welcome. Yeah. Life hacks. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're talking about Kenya makes me think about a moment I had in Cameroon. Um, I used to live on a hospital ship in Cameroon. So cool. Amazing. Praise God that I had that opportunity. And if you've heard of mercy ships, then you know how wonderful they are. Pray if you haven't go check them out. Yeah. Um, but my cabin where I slept was on the third deck of the ship, which was the same deck as the hospital wards. And there was one time I was sitting in my cabin working on my computer. I think I was responding to emails and I heard this kind of clatter. It sounded like drums and clapping and shouting and singing I didn't know what was going on. So I left my cabin and then walked down the hall and opened the big storm door that opens up to the hospital. And (laughs) there's a mob of like 25 African women, half of whom are plugged into IVs or have (laughs) have casts all over their faces. And they're just marching down the hallway, bouncing and clapping and shaking their hips, singing songs in French to God. That's incredible. And I didn't even think twice. I just ran up to them and joined them. Like Mm -hmm. there was something like a gravitational pull that drew me into them. Mm -hmm. And then I danced with them for the next, I think 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I'm the, I mean, a good number of them had had lives that were really troubled by some physical ailments and the ship by the grace of God was able to help them. And they were just celebrating unto the Lord. <laughs> I don't know, like that that level of celebration, I don't think could have been achieved without the dancing, yes. without the music. No, totally. Mm-hmm. Um, Jordan Werner was talking a couple weeks ago about the five worship leaders. They're the artists, the instrumentalists, the intercessors, the song leaders, and the dancers. Mm. Song singers. I'm not sure if I had that one right, but... um. I think something to say is there are many people in our congregation that are these people. Right. And many that aren't. Amen. So just because you don't identify as an artist or a song singer doesn't excuse you from <laughs> the opportunity to express these things unto God. Hmm. And even Amen. like you're talking about this gravitational pull, I want to encourage these like five positions to do what you do with reckless abandon because your dancing, your artistry, your instrumentalist 
it is bringing a gravitational pull to bring this out of mm. other people. Wow. Okay. I not to reference another Ted talk, but I'm going to, here we go. I think this is the one about like, like getting a the start of a movement. Have you seen this one oh, where the guy is, one of my is just dancing by himself? Yeah. How to start a movement. Yeah. How to start a movement. Mm-hmm. Um, this is probably one of the most popular Ted talks. Oh, so stunning. I'll, I'll link these in the description if you haven't seen them, but I think about this with the dancers even. And in this season, it's like they are the start of this movement. And the more people that join in, the less risky it is for everyone else, yeah. which is like what the gift you're giving to the people around you is like a safer space to, to join this movement unto God. And so like do all these things in worship to the Lord. And like, as people join, like it just creates this gravitational pull until we're all expressing worshiping God in like a new and deeper way. I just like, I don't know that somehow related in my mind. How fun. And it's just such a great video too. It's so fun. Cause there's Mm -hmm. one person dancing like a lunatic and he just looks so weird. Mm -hmm. And then another person joins after a while and they both look so silly. But by the time there's like five of them, the silly and weirdness kind of falls away. And then you kind of want to be a part of it. And then it's like, dang, I wish I was there dancing with them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Totally. Isn't that funny? There's a difference. I think what's also fun in those moments, which I've been a part of those kinds of experiences, whether it's at church or whatever. Yeah. Um, you where whatever point you join in, I feel like you get to this point where you feel like you wish you would have joined sooner. Wow. So I'm like, if this, if you are nervous about these things, I don't like, there's just not going to be any regret in like mm. taking the step to, um, like pour out your heart unto mm. the Lord and maybe sacrifice yourself. Gosh, sacrifice in a new way wow. unto God. Like you're not going to regret that, you know? Amen. I feel led to say a small disclaimer here that there are, are a number of people in our church and maybe listening to this podcast that might be like physically disabled for one reason or another, or maybe you just find yourself in a season where you're injured because yeah. I don't know, you run a lot and you, you yeah. twisted your ankle and now you're in a boot and on crutches. Um, and that doesn't exclude you from some expression of this kind of worship, even if your dance doesn't look like flailing up in the front. I I want all people to feel the freedom to mm-hmm. dance in whatever way that looks like, even if it's just wiggling your toes or like if you're a father in the back of the church, I've never been in this position, but I could imagine if I'm in the back with a newborn baby and everyone else is dancing, like I might want to be up there, but I have a primary responsibility to care for my, I don't know, six month old child that I'm holding. Absolutely. Um, that doesn't mean that I can't still bounce up and down Mm -hmm. and look at my baby's face and encounter Jesus in that moment. Um, in, in the joy of just simplistic dancing. So, so whatever this might look like, um, I hope that you feel the freedom to convert it to your particular situation. And another disclaimer slash challenge is if you are someone who finds yourself um, bothered by this conversation, I don't know if something feels a little too challenging or if you feel um, even offended by some of the things that we're saying, or this is just too new. Maybe there's confusion or disappointment or insecurity. 
Um, I just want you to know that all of those feelings are okay to feel they're safe, acknowledge them. And I would encourage you to bring those things to God in prayer and see if he has anything for you. And I think, um, as we have humble hearts, um, the Lord will teach us and we'll be better through the wrestling. Yeah. That's so good. Don't you think? I think so too. I, that has been my experience so many times. Oh, for sure. I think we're, when we wrestle with these things, we actually just become closer to Christ, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Like that's like, it all comes back down to Christ and like, that's where we find our unity. And so I don't want this to be at all divisive, Mm -hmm. but to sprung conversation and that we might hold each other to, um, the highest account of clarity and truth and all those things. That's very wise Amen. to say. That was a good disclaimer. Thanks. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And do you feel like there's, do you feel like there's a good place to end maybe? Or do you feel like there's a few things you want more to talk about? Yeah, maybe just a teaser for what we might talk about next. If okay. that's okay. Yeah, for sure. Um, which is? Which is <laughs> <laughs> what... Ruth Ward Heflin is talking about when she says to sow heavenward. Oh yeah. Is it okay if we mention this? Yeah, please do. Um, and really, I just want to meditate on this more. Jordan brought this up in a sermon. Ruth Ward Heflin talks about this in her book, glory, which we'll also link below. Maybe, um, glory experiencing the atmosphere of heaven. Come on. That's the title of the book. Um, and in it, she quotes this passage from Hosea chapter two, where this is a prophecy from the Lord. It says, it will come about in that day, that day, the context is the restoration of Israel, the restoration of God's people after exile. It will come about in that day that I will respond, declares the Lord. I will respond to the heavens and they will respond to the earth and the earth will respond to the grain and the new wine and the oil, and they will respond to Jezreel, which is a place in Israel that means God sows. I will sow her for myself in the land. I will also have compassion on her who had not obtained compassion. And I will say to those who were not my people, you are my people. And they will say, you are my God. Now, we could do an exegesis of this passage, and it would take us a really long time. Exegesis just means, like, we could study this passage. Yeah, for sure. Um, but we're, we're not going to do that right now. But the nutshell that I want to bring up is that the challenge is if we find ways to sow into heaven, sow meaning, like, planting seeds of praise and worship and intercession into the heavenly realm, God is a faithful God who outpours his love in response to that, not like a formula, but like a caring father Mm -hmm. um, onto our world. And Ruth Ward Heflin's book is full of really fun stories where she sees that happen. For example, they have a church that is moving in this, this kind of prayer and worship revival in Jerusalem and other parts of the city, when they have really huge worship nights, there are, there are reports around Jerusalem of people experiencing visions of God. And by faith, Ruth believes that it's in part the intercession for the city that they're partaking in that is allowing, maybe not allowing, but like encouraging or 
um, that the Holy Spirit is responding to mm-hmm. and moving on people all around the city, even if those people aren't in the worship service. So that's something that I'd like to chew on more in the future. And maybe we'll invite people to join us to chat about those things. But um, yeah, I want you to ask yourself, what does it mean for you to sow heavenward? Yeah. And if that's kind of a mystery, I think that's okay. I love that. That's so good. I think that's, no, that's a good, I think that's a good place to end. Wonderful. I'm like, I'm going to chew on that too. Yeah. Same. I, I don't, I don't feel like I have the answers to all of that, but it's such a beautiful passage. And like, I feel like I've seen that in my own life of the intercession of others deeply impacting my life. Mm. And I mean, we can talk about that story too next time. Um, but so it's like, I mean, I feel like the fruit's there. And so I'm, now I'm just going to figure out That's what the good. tree is. <laughs> That's you know? yeah. It's like, what's this tree like? I love it. And how much can we, can we know about it and know more about God in wow. it? Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. If you want to look at that passage that I just read, it's from Hosea chapter 2, verses 21 through 23. And other things that we brought up today will be in the description. Totally. Yeah. And please, like like Benjamin said, send us your thoughts. Mm -hmm. Email us at deepwaters at riverhouseministries.com. If you disagree with us, please even more (laughs) <laughs> send your email. I would love it. Yeah. I like, I mean, I'd much rather, uh, no, I'd rather leave, read all of them, but it's like, I just want to, um, work through this together. Like I, I need help in this. So I'm same. Neither of us are an expert, um, mm-hmm. on this topic and it's been cool to discuss it. I feel like I've even, I'm a verbal processor, so I've, I'm already further down the road than I thought I'd be than at the beginning of this podcast. So that's good. Praise God. Praise God. Yeah, good. Well, thank you for joining us. Um, We love that we get to be a part of this journey and a part of this community with you. And if there's anything that you need, also don't hesitate to reach out to deep waters, like like in your life. I don't know. Like, oh yeah. I feel like sometimes I just like to remind people that churches are here to help those who need help. Yes. So if you find yourself listening to this and you need help for any reason. Whether um, there's a there's something in your life that you could just use some pastoring or some love through, or a tricky financial situation or something, or a practical need, like if you're a single mom and the sink breaks, like yeah. honestly, like let us know. Honestly, reach if you out. Need, if you need a ride to church, or wow. know someone that needs a ride to church because they're injured, yeah, like let us know, please. Yeah, we would love to meet any of those needs that we could. I love that call. Thanks for yeah. saying that. Of course. Wow. We'll bless you and. See you next week. Bye.